Welcome to Rewild My Bio, a self-help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Rewild My Bio podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade, and let me just say this first and foremost. I am so grateful to be here in front of you guys today, finally hitting that record button on this podcast. I have been prepping to launch this show for well over a year now, so I trust that all the preparation and excitement that I've had around this topic um, will be going into this very first episode And I also hope that you guys will be able to show the care and concern that I have for the topics we are going to discuss here about health and what it means to rewild in the 21st century. So I do believe that podcasts are a great way people can learn. And I think it's one of the fastest ways that knowledge can be disseminated in this day and age. So I am here in this form at your service. And again, thank you guys so very much for joining me and for listening to this show. I am completely grateful uh, to have you guys here with me. And I guess what I want to do in this very first episode is just kind of go over the lay of the land with the podcast and what you can expect. Um, I will say this, that everything recorded here on this episode will be on the website in different forms. I'm also going to have a video there on the landing page to kind of walk you guys through how to use the website and how to follow along and subscribe to the show. But first, let's do a little bit of an icebreaker and let's address the elephant in the room, which my myself, uh, I find this funny, and I'm sure some other of you guys out there might also find it funny and somewhat ironic that I am recording a podcast about rewilding. And so I'd like to subdue the irony of podcasting about rewilding, if not for you, the listener, then at least for myself here in this very first episode. And I'll start by saying this. I have found that one of the only constants in life is a paradox. And I believe to rewild, you would think, or you would think that you would have to put down our technologies and get outdoors and get our hands dirty in some weekend workshops. This is important and true. However, throughout evolution, humans have made use of tools and technology they have access to, which... Again, I guess in some regards may have been our enemy in our evolution, but I also want to acknowledge that they have also been our ally. And that use of technology will definitely be something we will dive into in exploring what rewilding means. But I do believe that to throw away the modern day, the the use of modern day tools and technologies like podcasting would be to halt the rewilding movement and our evolution. So I'm doing my very best to use this technology. I'm going to be pausing awkwardly and making sure everything's still recording here as I get used to using all my new fancy tech. Um, But yeah, that said, I'm, uh, well, you know, I'm not totally new to all this. I have been uh, a frontman in a metal hardcore ensemble uh, in a band as as a singer back in the day. So I've got some experience with uh, recording technologies. However, when it comes to, you know, publishing and producing a podcast. It's a little over my head. Um, But I do want to start anyways, 
rant over uh, by opening up this can of worms about this dichotomy for future episodes. Um, so yes, I am totally aware of the paradox of podcasting to rewild, but heck, is it even possible to rewild, right? Um, and that's something we're going to be exploring more in future episodes. So regardless, if, if we can live off grid, you know, and we can eat wild foods or not, um, we are going to talk about ways we can get more connected with nature to benefit the health of our body, our mind, our spirit. And I would like to say, or I would say, I guess, uh, a podcast, I believe, is a perfect tool in this regards if we want to rewild our minds, which we'll be taking a closer look at in today's episode. So let's dive right in to that. Um, the agenda for today, we're basically just going to discuss why this podcast exists, why I'm doing it. We'll get into a quick biography of of me, but we'll save that for the most part for a future episode. Um, we're going to talk about some of the philosophical foundations of the show and areas of rewilding that will help us increase control over our health and the earth in the process if we go about it right. So why am I doing this podcast? Well, there is a buzz in the health and wellness industry for some time now about disconnecting from our technologies, and this has led to a growing body of literature on the importance of reuniting humans with nature and green spaces for good health. So there's no doubt in my mind that we have become domesticated. And this is evident when we look at the various health epidemics in industrialized countries. And as we, especially so as we become further removed from nature and the natural world with which we evolved. I seek to build upon some of the greatest self-help and holistic health podcasts that have come before me and offer a fresh perspective through the lens of what it means to rewild in a modern world. So I see this show as being somewhat of a one-stop shop for thoughtful discussions on current topics in health promotion, as well as environmental sciences. Um, and in the process, I hope we can bridge the gap between regeneration of ecosystems and healing physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual disease for the individual, as well as society at whole. So I do very much view these topics as two sides to the same coin. Um, we will be giving special attention to the entrepreneurial spirit here on the show, as well as sustainable and regenerative business practices that are eco-centric. I've heard it once before that um, the way in which we do business is very much egocentric. So I want to dive into what it means to kind of lose the ego and focus our way that we do business and our life with the environment at the base or as a foundation. So I plan on exhausting my network in regards to entrepreneurs, uh, health individuals who are health researchers and experts in various fields. Um, but I do believe it's important to get out there and chat with entrepreneurs that are actually leading the way in changing the way in which we do business by putting people in the planet above profits. Not saying profits aren't important, but that is the goal here. Um, I also want to be able to share my research into holistic health and wilderness-based therapies and just the general healing arts. So a big purpose of this show is to benefit you guys, the listener. Um, I want to see or I want to be able to uh, have a platform here that will help you tap back into the wild in you so you can experience brilliant health and healing as I have from the process of rewilding my biology as well as my biography, so to speak. 
So on this show, I want to be able to share tips, tricks, um, things that I have come across along the way that have allowed me to free the shackles of a culture that has become domesticated. Uh, I guess I can also say that some of these things that I have tried have worked. Some others haven't. Um, I've employed some things with class clients and seen success. I've heard of stories of people employing uh, some of these alternative methods to health and healing with their clients or patients. And I want to have those individuals on here to share their experience and other topics. I'm just curious in learning more about myself. So I hope to use this platform here so that we can learn together. Um, But overall, I want to discuss issues that I think are important or hold some promise as a foregone alternative. And I want to tap into the advice, stories, strategies, and some science of people I think are interesting and have studied to some degree. So lastly, this podcast does benefit me because I'm able to share my life's purpose. My life purpose, in short, being that of a teacher and one who likes to learn for myself and in the process kind of raise or rise up through different levels of consciousness. And so I'm here to share my stories and passions around these issues. Um, And again, it is just my pleasure and my privilege to be able to be here in that way for you guys, the listener. I guess I am at that stage in my life at 36 years young where I have been called to teach and now share my uh, passions with the world. So here I am in this one way to do that and basically just doing it so that my head does not explode Um, because yeah, you can't hold stuff like this in. If you feel called to a certain purpose in life, I believe you should pursue it, um, no matter how difficult that is at some times. And that's what this show will be very much about a little outlet for me so that at the very least my head doesn't explode. Um, but I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here because just the other day I was chatting with an an old friend and he had asked what I'm up to these days and am just so excited to be saying that, hey, I'm working on a podcast these days. So it really has been a labor of love for me over the past year. And I'm, again, I'm so excited to just finally hit record here today. So let's talk about the show. Excuse me. It's called Rewild My Bio, as in my biography. So it is my biography of rewilding. So who am I? And it's a great question. And I will... Again, I'll be deferring this to a future episode where I have a friend on who will interview me and kind of dive into my biography a little bit further. I don't necessarily feel like, you know, just sitting here talking about myself to myself here today. Um, So that's not necessarily what I'm going to get into uh, too much today. Um, But I want to more so give a lay of the land. And uh, actually, let's let's do this. Let's address the name. So the name of the podcast little bit of a clever play on words if I do say so myself um, because it means rewilding my biology as well as giving my biography and the biography of my guests as well. So in short I'm a lifelong entrepreneur, student and teacher. I've been internationally recognized as a leader in the health and fitness field as a strength and holistic lifestyle coach in the past. Uh, I have presented research internationally and I've been a part-time professor and facilitator of many nutrition and fitness workshops. My work as a personal trainer and nutritionist actually landed me back into an awesome PhD program to study health promotion at Western University in London, Ontario. And I've also launched uh, many successful startup businesses. One notable uh, company that I recently offloaded 
is uh, is what has allowed me actually the opportunity to be here and have the financial freedom to be in front of this microphone and put this show on. Um, it has also allowed me to be in the mix with some very exciting entrepreneurial endeavors, which I'm sure we will get into as the show progresses. But one might wonder, if you know me anyways, why rewilding? Why touch on this? Why not health? Why not business? Um, and I guess there's a few reasons, but one, wilderness-based therapies have literally saved my life. Um, sounds bold statement, but but true. And uh, this was during a two-year pilgrimage that I was able to dive deep into the wildest places of my soul, as well as give myself a crash course in braving the wilderness and actually living off the land, or at least the, the way I was able to do that in a modern world. Um, my experience as an entrepreneur has also been uh, based in promoting health and doing business in environmentally sustainable and socially responsible ways. So I'll be sharing my story and those, again, of other social entrepreneurs, because I believe in order for us to do no harm on the planet, and we can discuss what harm means in another show, I believe we as a species, we need to change our collective biography with the way we interact with the earth and each other. And part of that is the way we do business and what we teach as important to future generations who are going to be creating businesses and such. Um, so again, I just feel so much gratitude to the earth. Um, and of course, the regenerative business practices um, and the education I've been able to have over the years, I just feel this is, um, again, my ability to share my passion around this topic. Um, so I do believe that if we want a shot at being sustainable with our businesses, with our health, with our happiness, rewilding is a great place to launch off from. And overall, I guess I should say that life, career, relationships, and health and healing, um, I feel like they can't be described outside of nature. I've gone too deep at this point, and that is just the way I see the world. So yeah, we'll be talking about you know primitive skills, hunting and foraging, natural movement, uh, functional movements. But most importantly, getting in touch with our wild soul in that deep yearning that we all have to follow our dreams. Um, so I do believe that in order to rewild our minds, we need to listen to the messages that we get from nature, right? This little voice in our head that we sometimes seek to ignore, I would call it a voice from nature or from our higher selves. Um, sometimes we're too busy, sometimes we're too distracted to listen, Uh but I feel like if we can just slow things down and reconnect with nature, we can start following our dreams a lot easier. And it doesn't seem like we're beating our head off the wall, so to speak. Um, but I believe since we haven't been stopping to listen to all these messages from nature or that little voice in our head, I believe this is why we see the disconnect. This is why we see the mental illness. And this is why I believe that our earth is so polluted because corporations right now can pollute with very dis very little uh, regard for the earth and very little repercussions as well. So some of you might say, sounds a little woo-woo, Sean, getting messages, you know, from nature's. Yeah, you call it, call it your soul, call it your gut. Um, but we get them all the time. And, you know, whether that's to eat a certain way, to move our bodies in a certain way, or how to be in certain relationships, or say how to, you know, how to act in cha during challenging life situations, um, or, or even those messages that we get that says, hey, quit your day job, follow your dreams, you know, start that first business that you've been thinking of. Um, I feel like these are all things that we all have throughout our life, um, but we sometimes let our civilized or domesticated mind make that executive decision 
And this show will hopefully allow us to tap into that inner knowing and that inner wisdom to, again, follow our dreams. All right. How are we doing? Good. Sorry, I slurped my coffee there. I'm going to try not to do that. Growing pains. We're learning as we go here, folks. All right. The ontology and epistemology of this show um, is important to explore here today as we look at some of the philosophical foundations of the show. So one goal, or a main goal here, for me anyways, is to enhance health science literacy for you, the listener, so that we know where the limits of knowledge are with, air quotes, alternative health topics that we are going to be discussing. And then, of course, same thing goes for those mainstream uh, messages that we get around health and wellness that we hear in, say, the mainstream media. Um, I feel like this is important to mention because at its core, this show will challenge the biomedical model of health and the reductionist scientific model it was founded on. So, ontology, epistemology, big words, don't be alarmed. Everything will be unpacked here on the show, and if I don't go over something and you have a question, by all means, please uh, write into the show via the website and ask your questions. But I will have shows for beginners, intermediates, advanced on all topics. Um, so don't be alarmed. I will be unpacking things as we go. So ontology, ontology means what we know about a given subject and epistemology is how we come to know it. All right. Two questions I don't think people are often asking themselves when they're getting health advice from, say, their medical doctor or from the six o'clock news or wherever you're getting it from. But I believe by increasing health science literacy, we can all make better informed decisions and therefore have more control over our health, which is essentially health promotion. So for starters, I want to acknowledge that this show is coming from my voice and my personal experience, my knowledge, and all my biases. This same goes for my guests, all right? Um, so I'm going to do my best to make it known to you guys, the listener, when it's my ego's voice, when uh, well, normally you'll be able to tell because I'm either making a sarcastic joke or something, but I'm not looking to scientifically validate much of anything here. I just want to be able to go deeper and explore things kind of outside the realm of what I have to do for, say, my PhD, which is my nine to five. So um, again, just want to go deeper here. And however, I think that having a podcast about the science and stories of rewilding to improve health, social structures, you know, things like healthcare, commerce, education, I think I need to be transparent about this dichotomy at hand. So I'll say this. Um, I will be back and f- bouncing back and forth between different ways of knowing and making that known to you. But I think that we are in a very interesting time in health sciences where what would traditionally be known as subjective ways of knowing are becoming more accepted in health and rehabilitation science theory. And I think slowly um, they're becoming part of mainstream healing and dare I say healthcare. Um, perhaps I'm being optimistic about the latter, but I do think that the uh, the times are the time is now for a show like this where we are going to be exploring and unraveling or rewilding our brains and how it is that we know certain things, especially in regards to medicine. Um, so one example, we're seeing an uptick in the importance of living spiritually for good health. So the question becomes how or if or when will this be incorporated into ways of healing might be optimistic on my end but again these are things that we're going to explore um we're also seeing a demand for lifestyle medicine uh, to be added with the current model 
All right. And so we'll have to see whether or not the current model of healthcare will evolve to meet that demand. I have some experience working with Exercises Medicine Canada, and that is an initiative that seeks to get uh, family physicians prescribing physical activity. And it was a heck of an uphill battle. But again, the fact that I was even there doing that work um, kind of shows what, you know, what people are demanding from health and healthcare. So I identify myself as a qualitative health promotion researcher and your host. So that means I'm conscious of creating change orientated from a critical social theory paradigm, essentially. So this means I'm constantly questioning power dynamics, looking at social structures, control over knowledge and who has access to information. I'm interested in lived experiences of marginalized groups and different ways of knowing that, you know, can't be proven, say, in a lab setting. Um, so therefore, this show, rather than strictly relying on scientific methods that focus on prediction and control, um, which will also happen, again, this podcast also seeks to gain that deeper understanding and explain phenomena that traditional reductionist science might not be able to. So those who think that materialistic science in random control trial experiments will give us all the answers as to what foods to eat, medicines to take, um, you will benefit from episodes where I get to discuss my research as well as some of the philosophical foundations of critical social theory research and indigenous and, say, decolonizing ways of knowing. So stick around for those episodes, especially if you're a naysayer. Um, and again, always looking for you guys' feedback to make the show better or to, you know, even uh, pry in and ask questions if I may have contradicted myself from a philosophical standpoint. Um but again, don't get scared off. This is going to be part of the journey. Um, I do want us to know where the limits of knowledge are when it comes to health. And, you know, if someone out there says something's BS, again, just let me know. Um, I do want to be able to provide feedback uh, and, you know, correct errors as they may uh, as they may come out wrong, I guess, in certain episodes. But nothing will be held as an absolute truth. I think that's the big thing I'm trying to, you know, the words I'm trying to find here. I want to add back in some of the mysticism and myth regarding health and healing um, and uh, doing this with both an open mind as, as well as with anecdotal stories and empirical peer-reviewed evidence as well. <clears throat> now, one thing I do want to, I guess I will get into a definition of rewilding in a second part to this episode. So I'm doing a two-part intro episode and I will explain what rewilding is in that episode. However, um, we often see the word anarchy used in the definition of human rewilding. And I want to say this on this very first episode. Um, I do not want to perpetuate uh, this false dichotomy or this us versus them mentality. I am in no way uh, calling myself even part of the rewilding movement for that matter. <clears throat> but one thing I don't doesn't sit well with me is um, the idea of anarchy and uh, well rioting and, and some of the things that I think often you might see if you're say even like googling human rewilding. I was following uh, scrolling through procrastinating the other day on Instagram looking at the hashtag rewild and in that I saw a picture of a young gentleman with a mask on throwing a bottle at some type of protest gone wrong and flags burning in the background of this picture and I didn't read the, the caption but basically it was under rewilding and I or the show do not condone this way of creating social change and I very much believe 
on working with the current systems and institutions and for, well, first and foremost, creating change here at home first. So within ourselves, which, yeah, we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about ways in which we can do that. However, I do believe in working with things like capitalism. I'm not against capitalism in any way, shape or form. And this is something we can unpack in future episodes, but I see capitalism as the only system that we currently know where uh, if something is not working or broken, demand will change and we will see that structure or business crumble and something new come up and supplied in its space, right? So I very much believe in entrepreneurship. I believe in capitalism. Sure, we don't have it all right, but this is something we can, again, explore in future episodes. So end rant there, and I guess we can get into the rewilding of my biology, right? So again, uh, my bio meaning my biology, and we will spend a lot of time talking about what that means to rewild our biologies. Um, And I think in order to do that, we have to dive deeper into what the biomedical model of health has shown us or what we know about it. So in all my years of studying health promotion, I find that any program that strays away from the cycles of Mother Earth and nature... Or, or is, you know, fundamentally disconnected from the natural world, I believe these programs will fail in the long run. And I know there's a lot to unpack there. Um, and I know I also just said that nothing is absolute on this show or in life in general, except, however, paradox and change. So nature is always changing, and so must the way we view healthcare. And I think that's a good message for right now. With a rewilding lens on um we see, we'll see that if it's not good for the earth, it's not good for humans, and the opposite is also true. So on the show, as well as diving into the biomedical model of health, we'll be diving into the biophilia hypothesis, which basically says there's a need for humans to have connection with the natural world for good health. So things like wild places, wild food, all that's on the table, and we'll dive into that to see how we can use those things to increase control over our health. Um, modern, another thing is that modern day technological, environmental and dietary changes have, they've altered our gene expression so much and our biologies have changed, I believe for the worst. And by tapping back into true human nature, I think we can kick ass once again, instead of having our asses kicked. I think that, um, well, it's just interesting to me. I'm a self-disclosure here. I'm a ginger. So people, when they see me out in the sun, they get in. Careful from the sun, Sean. You're going to get a sunburn. We've become so afraid of the elements that we evolved with, right? Um, Here in Canada, this time of year, it's cold. People are all stuck indoors, worried about getting the next big flu epidemic. Or, you know, individuals, when I, you know, go to a clean drinking uh, a a water spring and harvest water, people are, you know, oh, no, you're going to get sick. Don't drink that water. Or, you know, and rightfully so, sure, a lot of water is polluted. Um, Or air, for example. We are, you know, people are born with asthma nowadays. We aren't breathing properly. So again, we are so disconnected from the elements that we are essentially made up of. Um, And I believe we can once again thrive with the elements if we make the choice to open our minds and hearts to some of these lost practices and lost theories that we evolved with. So yes, I definitely have a few critiques of Western medicine and all the technological air quotes advances that we are said to live with. Um, And I think my biggest critique with Western medicine is that it's said to be evidence-based. However, there is a real disregard for science in the practice of Western medicine. 
or at least a very narrow view of it. And that might sound surprising, but we will totally unpack all that in future episodes. Um, but for example, you know, we, I guess here's a good one is that we are disregarding evidence of the impact that placebos have on improving health and how thoughts and beliefs actually have the power to heal physical illness and disease. So thanks to authors like Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza, we see that scientifically speaking, you know, from a reductionist scientific method, um, it's not even controversial. It's very possible for the mind to heal the body and for mind-body unity to be the medicine at some points for us. And also, another thing is that medicine is very much culturally determined. Research shows this quite clear. And I, I would argue that we need to, or what we believe in as Western culture needs to be reevaluated and evolve by once again relearning these ancient healing ways and how we can live in more connection with nature. Um, one small example of that is, uh, you know, in Western medicine, we take antibiotics and we do things that might actually not be good for us and our health in the long term, but it's because our culture believes in it, it becomes standard practice, right? So even now to the extremes that doctors are actually denying patients requests for antibiotics when they feel just the touch of a, a little cold, right? Um, so believing in the medicine is a big part. Um, and, you know, chemotherapy, another very, you know, controversial topic in that regard. But what we believe in is very much what becomes practice. Um, and so we have to, I think, again, reevaluate, rewild our minds if we want to have a shot at believing in other forms of medicine out there. Now, I, th I think it's worth noting that in order to, you know, get in touch yet again with the natural world, we need to have access to clean food, water, air, and we need to regenerate spaces where these resources are abundant. And that, that's imperative in order to, you know, rewild ourselves. And again, I don't even necessarily know if we can totally rewild our biologies or if we can all uh, rely off wild foods and things like that. But I think to start, um, we do need to, take responsibility and do our part. So like right now, for example, corporations, um, they can pollute with very, you know, with without regard for the environment and our bodies and with very little repercussions. So being involved in a business or a nine to five job that pollutes the resources, we need to be healthy. In a word, it's madness, right? And I'm not, I know we all have to pay the bills and stuff like that. I'm not you know, trying to underplay the importance of the nine to five and making money. Um, but I just think it's kind of mad that we work hard to make money only to pay someone to heal our illnesses from working too hard, right? Like, huh? Um, you know, then paying someone to give us drugs that further pollutes, whether it be our body or, again, the environment, it's totally next level. So sometimes I don't know whether to laugh or cry at some of these things. And if you share that uh, sentiment, then this show I think will be a great place for us to kind of increase the dialogue around the madness that, that seems to be at hand in this day and age. Um, but what I propose, or what I, I want to propose here with the show, is the need to broaden our horizons and be aware of social determinants of health. So by expanding the bandwidth and depth of conversation on rewilding as an alternative to our current day health and other epidemics, uh, we can bring about change, I believe. But I totally believe that that change needs to start right here at home with the piece of earth that we call our bodies. So I want this show to bring about change in your life, whether that be from helping you, say, think in new ways and, and think more critically and less domesticated. 
Um, or if you, you know, again, if you already share this worldview, I hope that this show can give you some of the tools um, to, you know, rewild your life. What plants are out there that I can eat? Um, and if, if you're, you know, past that, then let's go deeper. What, uh, what can we talk about here on the show to help you get in touch with that part of your soul that is still lost in the woods, right? So just finding that, that yearning. Um, to reconnect with something greater than ourselves. I think that we can all we can do all that here under the lens of rewilding. So we're about halfway through the show here. I'm going to try to keep this one to an hour. But I think a good, uh, well, one, a sip of coffee, and two, a little bit of a mission statement is in order. So Rewild My Bio is a self-help and alternative health podcast with a focus on reintegrating our biology with our wild nature for the benefit of individual physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And if we do this right, could lead to a healthier planet as well. By examining practices, beliefs, and philosophies of people, commerce, and cultures past and present who are in connection with the natural world, this podcast seeks to shed light on the practical benefits of rewilding our individual human biology and the collective human biography. That was written well, if I do say so myself, and that will be up on the podcast. You know, all the other stuff as well about us, tabs and things like that, that you can learn more about the show, essentially. But <clears throat> that is, uh, that's that for the philosophical foundations of the show. Uh, I thought it was important to go into that. And now let's cover a few topics that I think are interesting and we will be covering here. So one is wilderness-based therapies such as earthing, sun gazing, and forest bathing. So my research is now focused on the health benefits of time spent in nature and wilderness-based therapies. Dr. Quinn Lee is one of the grandfathers of the academic field known as forest bathing, or in Japan as it's called, Shinrin-yoku. And we're going to be exploring this to the fullest here. I think if there's one main point I want to get out today is that if you, you know, don't have the opportunity to hunt wild food or forage wild plants, um, or you're not lighting all your fires with a bow drill, um, that's totally fine. I think one important thing I want to hit home here is ways that you can get outdoors to benefit not only yourself, but the planet. And it doesn't matter if you're in a large city like Toronto or New York, um, just finding some green space and getting out there and how you can use that to the best of your ability is super important. Um, so yeah, definitely be sharing my research here on the show. Um, and again, it, I don't think it's so important that we have all these crazy wild hacks and I'll explain what that means in a little bit, essentially biohacks that mimic nature. But if, you know, whether or not you have a fancy home full of all, you know, grounding technologies free of junk EMF, um, it is just so important that we get outside if we want to improve our health. Next topic, seasonal and ancestral diets and things like fasting. Uh, I have been a member of the Weston A. Price Foundation for almost a decade now. I'm actually working on getting the Southwestern Ontario chapter up and running again. And for me, this will be a fun area to uh, explore and extensively exhaust my networks of scientists, bloggers, and experts in the field that I have studied um, I have taught uh, some nutrition courses, as I mentioned. So for me, it's going to be, this show will be an awesome space uh, 
for me to dismantle some diet dogmas. Um, the whole idea of like say one species one diet grossly underestimates our spiritual nutritional needs, um, the seasonal needs, right? So going beyond what are you know standard diets that I know people love to associate themselves with an ism or feel like they're part of a tribe, but we need to actually go beyond the ego and actually see what our soul and what nature is calling us towards eating, right? So pretty far out stuff when it comes to diet will be here on the show and definitely want to, at the end of the day, I'm a huge foodie. So I want to be able to share with you guys recipes and ways that you guys can find and sustainably harvest wild foods, for example, and then turn them into amazing dishes is something I'm really excited to share with you guys. And I do a lot of that sharing on my social media channels on Instagram, uh, posting recipes and things like that. Also with the newsletter, which I'll touch on at the end. Um, Yeah, these are all things that I want to be able to talk about here in regards to seasonal and ancestral diets. Um, So yeah, let's save that for some future episodes. Excuse me. So, local food security, permaculture, hunting and foraging wild food, access to publicly owned natural spaces with clean water, clean air, and healthy wildlife populations that are free from industrial disturbances. Um, These are all topics that we will be diving into here on the show. Uh, Local food security is something that's near and dear to me, and that's because I've been involved with companies or with um, one specifically anyways that made local organic food security a foundation or a pillar as to the way in which the business model was created. Um, so, you know, sourcing things locally in season, going beyond organic and, and sustainably harvesting uh, wildcrafted goods and uh, plants and things like that are going to be discussed here on the show because, again, I think it's so important that businesses are doing their part in creating a healthier planet for all of us, right? Discussing things like permaculture and the philosophy around permaculture and how when we can let our gardens just grow wild to some degree, um, how much more they can benefit the local ecosystem as well as our own ecosystem and what's going on in us, in our bodies. Um, One of my favorite things to do is to hunt and forage wild food. So I will be sharing stories and successes and tips and tricks that I have learned as a new hunter. Um, and again, having access, I think we're so lucky here in Ontario is that we have access to what's called crown land or in, in the States, it's called public land. And this is land that we actually own. Each of us own here in, in Ontario, 87% of Ontario is actually crown land, meaning we own that. So how do we get out there and use this, whether it be for hunting, camping, hiking, bird watching, all these things so important that these places, uh, remain accessible to us. And obviously, in this day and age, privatization of land is a thing. So I'm actually looking for property up north in uh, the Algonquin area in uh, north of Toronto. And yeah, as I'm looking for land, you're just seeing more and more going towards development in that. And it's it's harder and harder to find untouched, undisturbed pieces of nature that are still wild in this day and age. So that is going to be something super important. Not my area of expertise by any means, but I will have guests on the show to shed light on exciting and new things or important topics in environmental sciences. So I already touched on this a little bit, um, but we will be talking about some tangible survival skills. Now, I believe that primitive skills are important and it's something I have benefited from doing. Um, 
but I believe it's perhaps overemphasized in the rewilding movement. Um, whereas, you know, like working with modern day tech is not necessarily part of the dialogue in regards to rewilding. There's a lot of doomsday preppers basically in the rewilding space, getting ready for the grid to go down. And then I got to light a fire and I've got my bunker and all that stuff. And that's all well and good for individuals. I don't plan on discussing that stuff, uh, too much here on the show. Um, but getting into things like cooking, food preservation, homesteading, off-grid li- living um, are going to be part of the discussion. Uh, like I mentioned, looking for property. So I would love to have a little bit of an off-grid property. Um, so we'll talk to individuals who have gone and built amazing off-grid uh, homes and things like that and are living from the wild because uh, I find it very inspiring and yeah, just amazing to do. So we'll definitely be chatting about that stuff. But again, putting a lot of emphasis on, you know, rewilding our minds, getting outdoors. If um, I've definitely benefited from, you know, making a drum, uh, making a bow drill, but I find it's the act of actually creating that. It's the slowing down where I feel like a lot of benefit is from. I still light fires with a good old match here and there, right? But um, I, yeah, we'll be, we'll be discussing more, I think, of the tangible survival skills, but also the, the, the benefit of actually just slowing our lives down doing something like that. Fermented foods is going to be another survival skill that we will talk a lot about. Um, it's, it is one of my areas of expertise. Prior to switching topics here in my PhD at the halfway point, I switched into the uh, wilderness-based therapy field. Before that, I had been researching the health benefits of fermented foods. Um, and that's coming from my, you know, my work with the Weston A. Price Foundation, my work as a holistic nutritionist, and then that business that I spoke of offloading um, was a kombucha company. So it was one of Canada's uh, largest kombucha companies during, or at least during the time that I was uh, operating the company and getting it off the ground. And I think fermented foods are an amazing, tasty way that we can uh, get more in touch with our food. And yeah, we're going to be discussing all that in great detail. So um, looking forward to a lot of the discussion in and around that. So another area that I don't think I can escape from talking about, um, because a lot of my knowledge and professional experience uh, lies in the physical activity, exercise, and sedentary behavior uh, field. So I had mentioned that, yes, I was a strength coach and personal trainer for a number of years, and I do love lifting heavy things. However, my approach to physical activity and exercise has greatly changed in the last, say, five years, I guess since entering my 30s, I'm having different life commitments and things like that. Um, But I think the big thing that has really changed is just trying to create my life to eliminate sedentary behavior from my daily routine has been the biggest focus for me. So nowadays, you know, just trying to build movement in throughout my daily routine is the most important to me. And I guess I should say that since we started researching physical activity and the health benefits of physical activity in the 1970s, we have only become more physically inactive as a society. And so I think we kind of have it wrong. And when looking at the research around the uh, negative health impact of sedentary behavior, Um, it seems like we should have been putting the focus on our sedentary lifestyles rather than getting out and meeting, say, physical activity requirements. Because if we're sitting for longer than, say, six hours a day, if we go and hit, say, the 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity 
that the American College for Sports Medicine recommends we do so that we are able to, you know, achieve some health benefits, we can actually unravel all the benefits from our workout sessions if we are sitting longer than six hours a day. So again, I think it's so important that we switch focus and start talking about, uh, you know, light physical activity and how to incorporate that into our daily habits and daily routines. Um, Talking about, you know, strength training, functional strength training, and natural movement, and uh, how to be efficient, I guess, with the time that we spend in that formal exercise space. So yeah, really looking forward to diving into a lot of this stuff further. Next on the list is functional and integrative medicine. So we are so far removed from our wild ancestors. I think I've made a point of that here in this episode. And I believe that we are so far away because because of the technologies that have made life so easy for us. Um, And in the process, we've also pledged a blind allegiance to Western medicine and some of the technologies in Western medicine. Rather, again than our body's ability to heal itself and do things on its own. It is the most amazing technology. It's the most amazing invention out there is just our bodies and how we can interact with this world around us. Um, So we need help from other healing methods, I believe. Um, And we're going to dive into them all on the show here. And that's because I have immersed myself in educating myself on alternative health and healing practices from Ayurveda to traditional Chinese medicine, Um, energy medicine, osteopathy, the list goes on and on. And I think it's so important because, yeah, again, our biologies need a little bit of help to kind of realign with that whole healing wisdom that's locked down in within each of us, right? Um, So, yeah, we're definitely going to be scouring the earth, looking for the best leaders in this field to discuss this stuff with. and we'll even be discussing, you know, the whole quick fix mentality that I think comes with uh, healthcare in this day and age and the whole biohacking movement, um, which I've kind of, I've wrestled with this for some time because I guess I've been thrown into the biohacking, uh, you know, being called a biohacker, doing things that are biohacks, but with a different mentality than say the masses, which you're seeing nowadays as more of like a quick fix, unsustainable uh, approach that we're trying to push, push, push our biologies to reach a state that might not be sustainable. So again, diving into this specific piece or what I call wild hacking in a future episode, but all very interesting topics and something that we're going to dive into further. So bacteria, mitochondria, and health. This is something that I am super excited to speak about. And as I mentioned, what my PhD was on before and my Uh, professional experience as an entrepreneur, getting a fermented food or fermented beverage company up and running. But I believe that if we can trace back and rewild our biologies at the cell level through things like, say, light therapy, um, pulsed electromagnetic frequency devices, using hot and cold therapies like saunas and cold showers and cold plunges, um, and even fermented foods, we can help rewild our bodies at the deepest level. And it's not hard to tell, you know, that we've evolved a lot since our time as single-celled organisms that crawled out of the sea, crawled out of the ocean, right? However, there is a lot to learn, and I think there's a lot being learned on the importance of having a healthy microbiome. Um, 
and I'm really, really, really excited to dive into some of the newness here because, again, I think in the biomedical model, we've been focused on things like genetics and the uh, biochemical origins of disease and putting very little focus on the bacterial uh, basis for disease and health at the same time. So we're going to be talking in depth about things like the hygiene hypothesis that essentially says that we as a, as a civilization, as a society, as a culture here in the West, we're too, too sterile. And I, I use this little line in uh, one talk I have on fermented foods, and it's essentially that Western culture has killed culture and cultures. So we have sterilized our food production, and in the process, we've also stopped handing down cultural methods of food preservations that we actually evolved with and helped us evolve. So through a process of horizontal gene transfer, um, the foods we eat have literally transferred genes to us that have helped us evolve and interact with our environment. And we've actually killed culture. So we've killed these cultures and we've killed the the handing down of methods to actually evolve with our natural world around us. So, you know, we've killed bacteria and yeast strains that we're now finding are believed to be a good part of health and healing, right? And if you add in that we've drastically changed our physical environment, you know, and how far away, how far removed we are from our wild ancestors, um, who knows if we can even go back, right? But we have focused so much on genetics you know, as a huge breakthrough in the 20th century. But here we are, 2020, embarking on a new decade and the field of epigenetics and nutrigenomics, you know, the way in which that foods change our gene expression. We're going to be exploring this in depth here and seeing what we can do to maybe rewild our biologies for great health. And I think in the process, help the earth as well, right? Um, Like the classic example of us parking so close, you know, changing our environment around. So we're parking super close to the grocery store, we're walking in and we're buying foods off the shelf that are again going to change our genes. So we're just totally creating an environment that is not conducive to rewilding. So we're going to discuss ways in which we can design spaces and uh, built environments to help us get more physical activity. And at the same time, uh, you know, hopefully we're choosing foods that are going to help us in that process as well. So I'm unsure, but optimistic. And yeah, we've got to do a lot more learning about bacteria if we want to free ourselves from the shackles of domestication. That is for sure. So we're doing good. We're coming up on the hour mark here, and I've got just a couple more topics that will be somewhat of you know major themes here in the show. One is current topics in health promotion and public health. So I'm going to be diving into things hopefully as soon as they pop up. So using my uh, tools and resources that I have, I'm bringing in you know things that are newsworthy because um, I want you guys to increase health science literacy and education. So when you actually see something in the news, you might have the ability to see where it might be coming from and what you can actually hold onto that as you know capital T air quotes here, like a truth, uh, or if it's something that you know it's just something they're trying to fill a news slot with, essentially, right? Um, so yeah, for example, earlier this year or earlier in 2019, a study called out called the Eat Lancet Report, and it's something I wanted to dive into further. Um, and if you're unfamiliar, essentially it's a study that reported, um, on a body of evidence that the authors reviewed 
that's that showed uh, or supported reducing red meat consumption for health and shifting toward a more plant-based diet. So in anything we see in the news in regards to health, there's always two sides to the coin. And this at first glance, or at least the way this headline read, would make you think that, you know, red meat, bad, plant-based, good. All right. So I want to shed light on things like this, as well as, you know, new new diet as they pop up. So I've seen the pagan diet somewhat becoming a thing, which is essentially the, the combination of vegan and paleo diets. Um, now, I would say let's let's discuss these current topics and let's take them a bit further. Where can we learn something from and, and uh, take with us or what could we maybe leave behind? So I think something like a pagan diet, it sounds like a great template to me at first glance, but let's go a little bit farther. Let's, let's see how we can, you know, maybe follow that template, but also dictate, uh, let the seasons dictate what we're going to be consuming or again asking our soul going in and asking our soul what is it that we want which might sound again a little woo-woo but our bodies know what we need to eat if we can just get rid of the ego or the shroud that is kind of telling us this is what I need to eat because this is the coolest trend going on Instagram um, I don't think it's going to benefit us very much um, but again other topics about um, EMF junk EMF I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here first episode and let you guys know it's something we're going to totally be discussing. When I had done a class in my master's, I believe, on the science of sitting, uh, the headline came out in the news, sitting is the new smoking. And there's one headline that I could totally get right behind and support because, yes, I believe sitting is the new smoking. We all know how bad smoking is. So anytime in health, any anytime something becomes, you know, um, the new, something air quotes again, bad or negative, has a negative health impact, um, we compare it to smoking. So sitting the new smoking, yes, totally would agree with that. I've also heard EMFs called the new smoking. And again, totally jumping on board with that. So we're going to discuss this more in future episodes. And I'll just say from my own personal experience, wow, living outdoors in nature and then coming back into a house, you can the difference is palpable. You can literally feel how uh, junk EMF winds up our nervous systems, uh, whether or not we're conscious of it or not. So once you actually, you know, heal yourself from this, from some junk EMFs, um, it's amazing the difference. So I'm going to be going over tons of tips and tricks, tons of science strategies um, for you guys to mitigate junk EMF here as we embark on this new decade together. Um, Lastly, efficacy and ethics around, say, uh, you know, at-home tester, tests like, say, uh, genetic tests, bacteria tests from companies like 23andMe and Viome. I had written a paper that was published in a student journal some years ago when 23andMe uh, came to the market in Canada, just around some of the ethics. So I'd love to have some individuals from these companies on to see what we can use from it and, again, what we can leave behind. And lastly... But maybe most importantly, actually, no, this is not last. I've got uh, I've got a couple more. I lied. So expanding on human consciousness and the use of entheogens for spiritual health and healing. Now, this is what I have been spending a lot of my time doing. This has been, um, for me in the last 10 years, actually, um, I'd say in the last five years, diving really deep into the theory and the practice of different methods for uh, rising 
me up through levels of consciousness or through pro- progressing through different stages of, of my own consciousness and being connected to a higher power has been basically uh, basically my shtick. It's been what I've been keen on doing. It's where I've found a lot of joy. And um, basically since uh, 2014, I visited Peru um, and I haven't, you know, I haven't spent that much time in the gym. My my daily practice has been very much sitting in front of my altar, meditating, asking, you know, some of those questions slowly or over time, getting to some of those questions like, who am I? Why am I here? So things like meditation, energy and breath work, uh, ancient and Eastern healing arts, uh, shamanism as a daily spiritual practice is something we're going to be discussing so that you guys can find a tool that works for you to connect with that silence in you so that we can then get the information and messages from the source or from God or from that, you know, your gut or your soul. And I will say that uh, definitely, I mean, in the title there, I kind of mentioned entheogens, which are plant medicines or psychedelic medicines. Um, and we don't, I want to we'll really dive into the use of them and at the same time how we don't need those things to get to certain places. Uh, it's not always practice that shamans use uh, these types of plant medicines, but it's become somewhat of a trend in this day and age in uh, health and wellness space. So I wanted to kind of get in there and smash some dogmas in regards to that, but then also explain my experience uh, using them. So I do, I definitely do identify as someone who lives spiritually, meaning I am, I'm aware of the evidence of the spiritual aspect of our human existence, and I put less emphasis on or less importance on the evidence of the physical aspect of life. So I feel like nowadays, again, spirituality is even becoming somewhat of a trend. So I think a lot of people don't even necessarily know to them anyways what it means to live spiritually. So I do believe very much in a higher power that guides each of us through this human experience so that we may learn and that we may participate in the unfolding of the universe and the truth um, that we are all one. Right, so trusting in the process and following that that inner knowing or that calling, um, so that you know again we're one we're one with the elements, and I think that's important to rewild. So we'll be very much looking into uh, things like systems theory and spiritual ecology and earth based spirituality, or what I would call you know spiritual permaculture as a tool for the rewilder. Um, and again, I haven't always believed this or you know known this. It hasn't been part of my health promotion practice. But once you're in the health and wellness field as a personal trainer and you know holistic lifestyle coach for long enough, I, I feel like eventually folks come full circle and they start putting the emphasis on the root cause of all you know illness and disease, overweight, uh, you know all that stuff normally comes from uh, our spiritual health and where we're at in our spiritual journeys. So. Um, Again, just to, I guess, when I was a holistic lifestyle coach, practicing anyways, um, healing individuals on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level was part of the jargon. And I actually had to remove that term spiritual from, you know, the way I would advertise my my practice because I myself wasn't even too sure what the heck that meant for me, right? So I had to do a lot of work and, uh, you know, diving through what it means for me to be spiritual or to live spiritual and so that now I'm even here in this space coming off this pilgrimage where I could actually feel like you know I definitely can share my story one and hopefully uh, give some tips and tricks and throw some resources you guys way so that you can do that in your own life Um, again like uh, we are 
trying to get in touch with the wild in us here. So very much like a wild animal, listening to that inner voice, that intuition, um, you know, instinct, some might call it. Um, we're going to, you know, I guess, define some of these terms and then from there dive into it even further. So I'm really looking forward to do this because, again, this has been a big passion for me in my health journey over the last, you know, five plus years. So now we're on the last two and we're doing good. We're just about at the hour mark. So social entrepreneurship and community service is going to be a big part here of the show. I have been self successfully self-employed for the majority of my adult life. Really, I guess since the age of about 25, I have worked on my own, um, you know, worked for somebody a couple years in there. Um, but I've been lucky, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur and I have sat on social entrepreneur discussion panels at conferences and at school and I've been awarded some honors as a young entrepreneur and so it is my hope to share my experience, my successes and definitely my failures with you guys out there who are starting new businesses or um, you know thinking about starting a new businesses or a new business because I feel like by sharing successes, stories, failures everyone can learn and benefit so that we can do this better, right? I do have an amazing network, as I've alluded to, of uh, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises um, that have helped, you know, have made a living for themselves to benefit themselves and their family as well as their community and at the same time help the earth. So I'm going to have a whole host of awesome, unique individuals here on the show that we can all learn from together. And then on that note, is tapping into our local network, is connecting and enriching relationships with friends, with family, with community. Um, you know, there will be sh times here on the show where I'm just going to have a friend in and we can chat about um, things that's going on in our life. Um, you know, I'm going to have family, friends, people on the show that I hold dear to me. Actually, speaking of dear, a uh, great segue right there, is that I... For example, I killed my first white-tailed deer this year and harvested that from my parents' property. So I hope to have my brother on to share our hunting stories, which are just a great time. And um, I feel like in order to rewild, we need to get off our devices and we need to connect with family and friends and have healthy relationships with the people in our life who we interact with on the day-to-day. Um, so, you know, I grew up on a farm and I am grateful for the reverence of the story. And as I mentioned, I want to add back in some of the myth and mysticism in health. Um, but I also want to share, you know, my myth and legends that I think our culture needs back as part of our day to day. Right. So actually interacting with individuals in our community is so important. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's all great to have an online community of friends who are rewilding, but if you're not creating change in the grassroots level, then what are we really doing? Right? So making changes here in our bodies first in the way we live our lives, right? So that famous uh, Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world, but at the same time, getting out and making grassroots uh, changes at the grassroots level so that we can actually start to rewild our local communities. And then from there, like wildfire, right? Just kind of growing, gaining momentum, and then connecting with each other using these technologies like the internet. So that is it. We're at the hour mark. I'm going to go a little bit over, and I'm really not going to hold these shows to an hour. I think it would be nice, but um, 
I'm at the last part here of the show today. So thank you guys so much for making it through this long with me. What I'm going to go over now is some logistics and some complimentary resources for the show. Um, and again, all this stuff's going to be up on the website. So again, I thank you guys so much for making it through this first episode. Um, but yeah, so what can you expect from the show? One episode a week, maybe more. Um, and I will almost always have a guest here on the show with me. Uh, and it's also very possible that I will be joined by some co-hosts along the way, individuals, friends of mine who I feel like could do a certain topic, uh, a service by being here and, you know, facilitating the conversation. I think that would be great. Um, I hope to cover topics, like I said before, in both introductory and advanced ways. Um, so again, if I've ever gone over something that you don't understand, uh, please write in, ask for clarification. I don't plan on producing shows in any particular order, so it might be possible that we get really advanced early on, and if that was way too much for you, let me know, and we can break that down and kind of go work backwards as to more foundation uh, knowledge in that topic. Um, but again, check out the website uh, for links to how to subscribe to the show. I think that'd be the best way. Uh, once you have subscribed, please leave a rating and review the show on your platform of choice as this will help others find the show and it also helps me make the show better so i really appreciate you guys subscribing and then of course rating and reviewing the show is so important um, the website is in its infancy actually at this point in time it's not even it's not even created um, but i plan on having tons of new blogs and content that you won't necessarily hear on the show so do check out the website it's rewildmybio.com um, I'm also working on an online store and relaunching my coaching practice to launch in 2020. Now, um, I've been working on this online store and procuring uh, products that I believe are important in this day and age. Now, like all things I do with business, a lot of integrity around it, and I want to make sure that these products are absolutely amazing and great. So it is taking a lot of time, but that is something I hope to have up and running as well as my coaching practice which I've already said enough it will come out in good time so we will wait for we will wait for that um, the next is my newsletter please sign up for the newsletter at the website rewildmybio.com so we can stay in touch and you can find links to show notes with transcripts of past episodes and basically just get the download on upcoming episodes and projects I got on the go uh, the newsletter is also going to feature guest spotlights and reviews of research books uh, and products that we that I recommend or that we talk about, say, on an episode. Uh, you know, this is where you'll find current, uh, you'll get discounts sent to you as well from show sponsors as well as individuals I have on the show because that, I think, is an important and awesome part about podcasts is when I can bring a little bit of savings to you guys so yeah, looking forward to being able to do that. And I promise I will never spam or share your email address or any of that shady weird stuff. It's it's just mine and it's just to benefit you guys. Um, I will say this, that the first 100 people to sign up for the newsletter will, will, will receive some swag in the form of a elemental meditation that I do regularly. So it is a meditation that focuses on getting us tapping into and reconnecting with air, fire, water, earth, and ether that are in us and that make up the cells of our body. And I do this to feel good, you know, healing, knowledge, creativity, all those things that I like to do, I am going to give it to you guys so that you guys can do that. So next would be the social media channels. Check out 
the Wacky and Wild Adventures on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at RewildMyBile, and on Twitter is at Sean Slade. Um, you know, I plan on sharing lots of content uh, on here that doesn't necessarily get covered on the podcast, as well as, you know, how I blend my rewilding lifestyle with the everyday hustle and bustle of being an entrepreneur, being a PhD student. It's just a, a fun space. I get to share that stuff with you guys. Um, so yeah, check out, there'll be some buttons on the homepage where you can click and follow along there. And lastly, and this is lastly, um, please share the show with a friend. This is definitely most important to me because if you like the show, please tell a friend about us. Um, if this show's benefited you in any way, and if there's one thing and one thing that you do only, please, please tell a friend about the show. And this is, I think it's important because like I said earlier there, to rewild your life, we need community and we don't, and we can't just rely on an online community. Um, it's kind of coming full circle again with the irony of podcasting, but we do need to connect with others in our local neighborhood to create change at those grassroots level if we want to stay wild. It's my hope that all the content I create, whether it's, you know, the blog, the podcast, the newsletter, it's going to give you guys the tools to rewild your biology and redefine your biography. So I want to see you guys out there having the tools to increase control over your health, your career, your relationships, and just about everything in life in the modern world. I think we can do it right here on the show. So we made it. First episode. Woo woo. I'm pumped. So join me in part two of this intro episode where I'll be going over some more of the core concepts kind of in more detail, such as what rewilding is. Um, we'll talk about spiritual ecology. We'll talk about spiritual permaculture in that episode. Um, we're also going to talk obviously about entrepreneurship and social enterprises and also the practice of biohacking to mimic nature, or as I like to call it, wild hacking. It's a definition I've been working on for some time here, and I feel like it's necessary to distinguish uh, using technology to mimic nature for good health and distinguish that from what is you know, currently called biohacking and the commercialism around that that I just don't like, you know? So anyways... Thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode. Um, that is it for me today. I'm going to go celebrate getting this one off the ground. And to do so, I think I'm going to actually stick my feet into the ground, you know, go barefoot, do a little bit of grounding here. And then I'm going to give Mother Earth a big kiss because if I give her a kiss, I feel like I'm giving each one of you guys a big kiss for listening today. And, you know, I'm just so grateful again to have you guys here and to actually have this one done. So thank you very, very much. And uh, check us out at the next episode. Stop by rewildmybio.com. And until next time, stay wild. Thank you for listening to the Rewild My Bio podcast. Please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you shared the show with your friends, if of course you think they would like it. You can also visit rewildmybio.com to download previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter. In the newsletter, I share blogs and bonus content from my health promotion research, along with practical tips to help you rewild in a modern world. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook at RewildMyBio and on Twitter 
at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay wild.